ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber. And joining me, as always, is the wonderful co-host, Waylon Davis. Hey, everybody. And we are for Treat Today. You heard us talk about him. And because he has a great podcast, they are trending number one in Antarctica, number one on MySpace, award-winning. And it is a great podcast. And I'm talking about the host, Ted, the Hillbilly Hill. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Hey, glad to be here. Oh, we're glad to have you. And, you know, we were just talking even before uh, we started rolling. Um, I believe I heard about you because I think you actually shared our podcast. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to go listen to him. And I liked what I heard. You know, so thank you so much for our uh, for your support. And we absolutely enjoy supporting you as well. Absolutely. Well, yeah, well, I appreciate that. Uh, I really do. And um, like I was telling Waylon there, I'm a truck driver. So I'm in a truck 10 to 12 hours a day, and I listen to a lot of podcasts. And uh, we've seemed to have been building a nice little community of just little small independent podcasts. And I try to support them, and they try, you know, a lot of them support me back. And uh, it's just, you know, having fun. Because we're, we're not the, you know, the Jim Cornets and the Chris Jericho's and right. have all the millions right. of downloads and all that. So we got to support each other. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to get like a thousand downloads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so how long have you been a wrestling fan? Um, late, mid, late seventies. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, actually tomorrow is my birthday. Uh, happy, happy birthday! I'll be fifty-one. Happy. Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, happy yeah, birthday! I'll be fifty-one. So, um, yeah, so mid late seventies um, is when uh, I remember watching it because back in the day, all you young people that know in the uh, eighteen to thirty-five demo. They're watching this or listening. There used to be this little thing we call a dial on TV, <laughs> and you just turned it, and it went from two to thirteen, and then there was a UHF that uh, we never got anything. And now that two to thirteen, we might have got four channels, something like that. Time. So yeah, and, uh, the earliest rest I remember was uh, ICW Poffo. Out of Kentucky, uh, that's Macho Man before he was the Macho Man, and his brother Lanny and all them. That's right. And yeah. they would run, and they would run spot shows in our high school, and I remember going to some of those, and uh, that was my first memories. And then Middle Atlantic uh, was on uh, Channel Two, so a lot of American stuff that I watched growing up. Oh, wow. Uh, Dwayne, could you actually get the, the ICW out in Hopkinsville at the time? Uh, every now and then it would come through. Okay. Um, yeah, because I mean, I started out watching Mid-Atlantic, and this is in 1984, because I was living in North Carolina at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could get it. I could get it every now and then, but not consistently. Um, yeah, and, then, and then we had... Um, you know, I don't remember how it worked. I just remember one day we had dad brought a little box home 
And <laughs> then we had TBS and then Georgia Championship Wrestling, 605, and then you know, WC and all that. But yeah, most of the early things. And uh, I, I was a big PDI. Uh, I yep. do yard work, whatever, get enough money when we go to the grocery store. I was a PWI. And, and so that's how I would learn about all the other territories and all that stuff. So that's, that's pretty much my early begins. Oh, well, I was waiting on, I mean, it's like he's a brother from another mother. I know, right? <laughs> it's like, sounds just like us. Yep. Um, man, the stories are so similar. Wow. So as far as the Hill Bill, like, you know, the Hill Truth podcast, uh, I enjoy it because you focus on something that not a lot of people um, really, I guess, pay attention to because a lot of people don't want to go talk about the heels. Even nowadays, I mean, it's more acceptable. But and when the way you do it, you do such good analysis on it. And that's what I've always told people. I said, you've got to go listen to this because you've really broken it down. You know, now, how did that start? How did that come about? Um, well, I've always pulled for the heels. I was always a different one. Um, I remember, uh, you know, I remember when Nikita Kolos came uh, to WCW and, and everything. Uh I liked him because everybody else hated him. And somehow, I, I know it wasn't because I know Jim Crockett didn't really have official merchandise, but somehow my mom found a yellow T-shirt with a Nikita on it. So it must have been from flea market and something I bootlegged or whatever. <laughs> and I wore that like three days a week. And I just always gravitated toward the heel uh, before horseman. Um I have a four horseman tattoo. Uh, I was just always loved the heels. So uh, when I just, cause I got out of wrestling and then when I, I actually was probably around 2010, I just 2011, I couldn't take anymore. It seemed like, and I drifted out and then I just really got back in with AEW. And, um, being a truck driver, uh, I was listening to a lot of stuff, but then uh, I would listen to podcasts or sometimes radio or whatever, but it was like everything in the last couple of years was political. It didn't matter what it was. It was just all political. And I just couldn't take listening to all that. So I'm like, I wonder if there's any wrestling podcast. And I found this whole universe that comes <laughs> just wide open. And my sons kept on telling me, well, Dad, you need this podcast. So I put it off and put it off. And uh, a couple of podcasts that I was friends with on Twitter invited me on. And um, finally, I said, I'm going to do it. But it was like, I, I got to do something different because everybody and their brother has just a basic review show. And then it's like everybody has interviews and i'm like i don't really know a lot of people besides other people on twitter so and there's enough people that have real good analysis of reviews and i'm like well i love the heels so i'm just going to break down and talk about heels and uh, the name of the podcast came from Arn anderson 
uh, he was being interviewed, and he said, "There's the real truth, and then there's the heel truth." And right. you know, and basically, heels stretch the truth. And yeah, so that's like I'm gonna give y'all a little inside baseball. Um, you know, I'll just say I started out my debut episode was episode 100. If you pay attention. You know what? I think okay. I did notice that. Yep. Okay, so have I got 99 episodes that have not been published, or am I getting heel truth, and instead of zero, I started with 100? Long-term storytelling. Year or two, I'll explain it all, but, you know, I started with 100. You know, I'm number one in Antarctica. I said, well, <laughs> prove it. I said, prove I'm not. <laughs> you know? oh so yeah you know it's the heel truth you know I, i'm right. not gonna confirm nor deny that everything on my podcast besides the analysis is the truth right I'll put it that way <laughs> so i leave it at that so you know Oh, so as far as the heels go today, I know uh, you just mentioned the other day, and I'm very inclined to agree with you about MJF being probably the number one heel in wrestling today. Yes. Um, yeah, because I think, Dwayne, isn't that something we've also been saying? Yes, we've been saying that for several months now. It's like, yeah, and I mean, the guy's only 25 years old. And I mean, if he keeps on this trajectory, I think he'll go down as one of the best heels ever because he's got it. I mean, he's got it down. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the thing I love about him is he is still old school to where he, he you, when you see him in other interviews or on Twitter, you have to sit back and think, is he sometimes fame or is he like that in real life? You know, right. right. the old guys did, you know. Yeah, so, I've seen him in that's interviews. What I really uh, yeah. I'm sorry, Ted. Uh, repeat that. Oh, I, I just said that uh, I was agreeing with Wayne there that, yeah, uh, it, it's just one of those things to where uh, he's just so good at it yeah. and mm-hmm. he gets the legit heat. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't think he cares if anybody likes him or dislikes him. Um, I, I mean, no. because he reminds me, well, I know some people said he, because CM Punk said he were, he, he was something like the Miz. Um, but the Miz knows how to draw heat. The Miz yeah. is a great heel, just like Tully Blanchard. You know, if you had to say some of the great heels, I mean, I always go to Tully Blanchard as being a great heel. Uh, how about yourself, Chad? Who are, who would you say is like some of the the greatest heels ever? Well, I, obviously the Horseman. Uh, you know, Tully is one of those that legit uh, had he even in the backstage. They said that not a lot of people liked him. Arn, uh, you know, and then you know, even like when you go over to the WWF in the early days. The uh, Rick Rude, uh, I always loved Rick Rude as a heel. Jake the Snake Roberts, um, Mr. Perfect, I thought he was a great heel too. Uh, so you know, some of those in that era, they just had an air about them, 
there was just something about them that, um, like you said, they didn't care. You know, now it's everybody wants to be loved on social media and on their Twitch channel and Instagram. And I understand it's a different time. You guys are probably remember, um, you know, and I know you guys talk some basketball and different things at times. I look at today just like the NBA. Players are friends and hang out. And, you know, and nobody wants to be online, but I go back to the time that my favorite team, you know, of course, everybody loved Jordan, but my favorite team was the Bad Boys, the Detroit Pistons, mm-hmm. who were the heels of the NBA, and they yeah. didn't care if you didn't lie. No, they, they didn't care about championships. Yep. You know. Although I, I think can... it's changed the landscape. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I still could have done without Bill Beer, though, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, so what, in your mind, um, makes a great heel? And you know, do you think they should try to find a way to swing back to the not caring as much or being a heel um, a, even when they're out in public? But not, I can't think of another way to ask that. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm, I understand it's tough now because the kayfabe has gone and they do have their own personal life. And um, it's it's sort of one of those fine lines about goodbye. But the big thing I look for on screen is, you know, you got to be able to talk. you you got to be able to make it believable. And then what a lot of them have lost about being a good deal is you have to be able to make the face look good and at the same time make them look terrible. You know, because the same formula of a baby face and getting to come back and then you come you down, you want that heat, but then when it comes to even though Face trial. is one of my favorites of today because they'll have a match on dark or elevation or just like a couple weeks with the gun club, and they make the gun club good. You know, to sell and make other teams look good. So that's a very important for a heel that uh, that they can do those type of things to make the other opponent look good, but then still look strong and. Just like you were talking about the Mias and MJF and these people, if they lose by the next week, they will come up with a lie or come up with a story or blame somebody else, make you forget yep. all about it. And yep. then they keep on going. And yeah. uh, today I was listening to, I believe it was Arn's podcast, and they were going back and re-watching some of the clips from, I think it was 88. Yeah, it hadn't been 88. And had totally Blanchard coming out and attacking Magnum TA. And you got to think, this is a couple years after the accident. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, for two years, I've had to hear, I quit, I quit. He, I never said I quit. Now, technically, he's telling the truth. He actually did not say I quit, but, you know, but he's still gave up but i mean i just i've always loved the way he spun that yeah well i didn't say i quit and 
you know, like you said, I mean, there's the real truth and there's the heel truth. Yep. Yeah. And the heels always, yeah. the heels always end up having a way they, of wording it to where it makes you, it makes you sympathize with the heel. And it makes you think, mm-hmm. well, maybe he is right. Maybe he has gotten screwed over or maybe, you know, he hadn't got the opportunities he should have gotten. And it's like a good heel will have that way to just flip that switch and make you reconsider whether or not they're right or wrong. Yeah. And even like uh, this coming week, my going to be, uh, I'm starting a little series where I'm one about mid-card heels. And I'm starting out with the butcher, the blade, and the bunny. Okay. Okay. So just like, like last night. So Wardlow beats the butcher, but the butcher did everything he needed to do. Yeah. And in a week or two from now, you will still think of him as a monster and none of his credibility is lost. Right. Cause and he's, everybody, everybody knew Wardlow was going to win that match, but the, yes, the butcher made him look good and still look good in defeat. So, yep. I mean, he did his job. Yep. And that's the thing with him and the blade and the bunny. They're, you know, they're not going to probably be in the main event or the title picture, but they're going to do their job. Yeah. And they're going to be able they'll win some matches. They'll beat some people up, look tough. And, but they're still going to make the faces look good, just like the bunny. Um, I thought it was interesting. Tony Storm made her debut. Who did they choose to be the gatekeeper that they knew would give her a good match? Yep, the bunny. Draw heat and make her look good. The yep. bunny. Mm-hmm. They did the and, same thing and, uh, when Ruby when Ruby Soho came in. Yep. One of, one of her first matches was against the bunny. Yep. Yep. And you got to think, you know, she's not going to be probably winning the 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 women's world title, but yet then look how Tony Khan did with the match that they had with the street fight with her and Penelope Ford yeah. against uh, TJ. You know, yeah. her bleeding, her doing that. I mean, that's going to go down, and she'll be cemented that you know she doesn't have to win a title. She can do that mid card stuff, have some great matches, and make and still be and you know have a good life yeah absolutely uh for some reason heel managers all of a sudden popped in my head but i was also thinking how many managers weren't heels <laughs> there's not many can't even can't even say no. elizabeth because i would i would have said elizabeth but no she joined she was with flair and the horseman for a while, and then she joined the NWO. So you can't yeah. even say Elizabeth, so because she was eventually a heel. Um, the only one I can think of was uh, what was the guy's name? Arnold uh, Arnold Stolen. Yep. Arnold Stolen. I can think of. Yeah. About all yeah. And he did kind of a heel move. When he threw the towel in, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, because he and they said, well, what was it like ten years later when Backlund made his return? 
that yeah. they said uh, he bribed Skull in the throw in the towel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Judge Whalen, go ahead. I, I had questions, and all of a sudden, it just totally lost my mind. Uh, who is your? If you can pick one, because there's been so many great heels throughout the years, but who would you say is your favorite heel of all time? Well, probably because uh, I just love the horsemen and stuff. Uh, I, I would go with any of those, Flyer, Anderson, or Tully. Uh, you know, Tully and R both were great, and then but just Flyer just. You know, there was just something about him. Um, and, and that was the other thing I really liked about Flair is because um, since I was more of an NWA, WCW guy, I was always more of a Flair and a Hogan guy. And right. I, I just liked how Flair didn't mind the lose, didn't mind the sell, and, you know, the people that he made their careers like Ricky Steamboat, Sting, uh, some of those and, and just lifted them up. And even I think about with Hogan, even when Hogan come to WCW, um, that Eric Bischoff has said on his podcast that when they were making the deal and he was getting to know Hogan and trying him in, that one of Hogan's conditions was he got to work with Flair because he, he was still starting those back issues and knew Flair would protect him. Yeah. Flair wouldn't make yeah. a bad guy. Right. Flair would make him still look like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So that always stood out for me. That I just, um, you know, and I know now that some stuff have come out about some of the even more activities that we think about, but back in the day, he was the persona. He was the you know, limousine riding, jet flying, all yeah. that, you know, and, yeah. and so, and on the, on the mic, he was one of the best, uh, so he, and, and also I loved Roddy Piper. I thought Roddy Piper, especially yeah. when he went to the WWF, I, I really liked Piper too. So that little group there would probably be my, probably my top ones of all time. Okay. Um, was there anybody who, they were known primarily as a face that you think should have went heel because they would have been probably, um, even if they did go heel for a short time, but they should have stayed heel a, a lot longer. Um, I don't know about somebody that maybe stayed longer as a heel, but I always wanted to wonder what it would have been like if Ricky Steamboat would have come to heel. That he would have used the marks and some of the things like that and, and really, you know, embraced the dragon and, and really been a heel. I always thought that would have been interesting because uh, a lot of the other ones went back and forth and, you know, that was one that I always thought about. Um, and probably... You know, uh, I was sort of, I guess, in a way, maybe not stayed longer, but uh, I thought it happened pretty good. But, you know, it was almost anticipating when you had the 
the brick and stone cold double turn, you know, wrestling. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. you could sort of tell Brent probably maybe he could have maybe even turned quicker, but the way they did it, it was good. Um, and probably the other one that, again, this fan thing is, uh, I wish, you know, John Cena would heal and just embraced it there when the fans were booing him and they were still doing the whole thing like they did with Roman and just keep pushing him and pushing him. I, I wish he would just have embraced it. Yeah, because, I mean, you see, like you said, they kept pushing they kept pushing Roman to be pretty much like the next Cena, and then the fans weren't buying it, and then he turns heel, and now everybody loves his heel work. And I think I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think Cena would have been, I think Cena would have been great in a heel role, especially as a heel champion. Yeah, uh, I think Cena though the one of the big reasons, and this this is a legit reason, was because of all the Make a Wish stuff he does. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's true, but I mean, Roman still does that stuff. Uh, but nobody does it on the level of Cena, though. Well, that's true. I mean, he's, got, he's, <laughs> I mean, he's granted the most wishes of anybody ever, but yeah, I, I still think he could have. I still think the fans would have, because the fans wanted that so bad, I think everybody would have got behind a heel turn. And I think, I think he still could have done his appearances and his, you know, and granted the wishes and everything. And I think people would have been fine for to it because people were just tired of that super Cena where yeah. it didn't matter who you put in front of him. He just ran through everybody. And I, it, you know, that got old to me. My, my son loved it. Of course, you know, he was, you know, 12, 13 at the time, but it's like, for me, it was just like, can he just turn heel already? So we can, <laughs> so he can do something else and be a little more interesting. Uh, and you know, speaking of make a wish, um, there was somebody who is well, pretty much known as being a heel and not even, it wasn't even a wrestler, but the kid wanted to meet Jason Voorhees. Mm, so, okay. Yeah. So I, I've actually seen a picture where there's a guy, he is Jason <laughs> Voorhees. I mean, with the machete and everything, but just talking with this kid, this kid, <laughs> that's who he wanted to, you know, meet was Jason Voorhees. And so. Hey. You know what? I mean, if it made the kid happy, go yep. for it. So that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, and you know, man, that actually there's a question for you right there. Um, because we think of heels, we kind of think they're the villains. And and so now if you want to look at movies, who do you think are some good movie heels, movie villains that could probably maybe translate that into something in the wrestling ring? Um uh... Well, see, that's the thing uh, that I talked about a little bit on one of my first episodes about the anti-heel. Pop culture, I even said in wrestling, when NWO came in, that it became okay to cheer the heels. And then as pop culture has also changed, even with movies sometimes that instead of black and white we had these shades of gray like uh, somebody like Deadpool or Wolverine you know and some of these are not always by the book but you know and, and even Batman gets his little dark side in every now and then and uh, mm-hmm. some of these others so it's a little different you know when you think like um, well just like the the Rick Joker movie that came out you know yeah he was 
terrorizing the people, but then at the end you had people dressing up like him and and cheering for him and stuff like that. So it's like our whole culture has changed like that now that uh even like horror stuff, you know, there's uh you know the culture where it's like, oh man, I, I you know, I love boys or Justified. 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 Yeah, I like that show. Yes. That's a really good show. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the boy. Yeah. Yeah. So, culture is changing. Hey, Ted, you're, you're breaking up somebody. Uh, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you a little bit better now. Yes. Okay. Let me see here. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, um, it's just a whole culture thing. Sometimes it's hard to define the villains in a movie that they're not really a true villain. You know, that's why I, I still go back to, you know, MJ and Rexland because he's going to get the booze and he announces say they can't stand him and everything else. So uh, it's just different times we live. That's why, especially wrestler or even actors or actresses or whatever, you have to do something different to set yourself apart to get right. noticed. And there was something, I think it was in Foley, his first book. And he was talking about, I think it was either Ole Anderson or Dutch Mantel, one of the two, who kind of sat him down and was telling the story. He said that somebody walked across, there was an angel who was caring for this demon, this devil that had hurt itself. And the angel was kind of nursing back to health. So, well, what are you doing? You know, what are you nursing back to health? He said, because without him, there is no me. Right. And he said the point of the story was the that in order for somebody to look like the superhero, you have to have somebody to be the villain. Yep. yep. You know, so that's always kind of stuck with me. Uh, Jake Roberts was uh, said in an interview one time. He told the story about how the uh, this traveler found this snake that was half dead and nursed it back to health. And then the snake bit him. And it's like, why would you do that? because you know i took care of you and you know nursed you back to health he's like i told you at the beginning i was a snake never mm -hmm. trust a snake and it's like that's like the best heels will make you will draw you in and then they'll bite you and it's like what did you expect i mean they're healed that's what they're gonna do yeah 
Right. Yep. <laughs> especially the especially the heels that they'll tell you what they're gonna do, and then it's like you don't believe them. Then they do it, and it's like, oh my god, I can't believe you did that. And it's like I told you before I started <laughs> how it was gonna go. And um, one of the things that uh, just kind of popped in my mind about somebody turning heel was I believe it was around 98, 99, when all of a sudden Dusty Rhodes turned heel and joined the NWO. Now, I was never convinced because Dusty had been such a fiery hot baby face, you know, for decades mm -hmm. by that point. Um, he had never gone heel since he turned face back in the, what, the late 70s. Yeah. Um, yeah. So were, were there some, uh, Ted, for you that when they turned heel, you just, it was hard for them to convince anybody because, um, you know, they just, it's almost like they couldn't pull it off because it just didn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, because to be honest, towards the end of all that run, when everybody was part of the NWO, I was uh, tired of it. Uh, I mean, I really was. It was um, everybody was a, a heel. Everybody was NWO, and it was just um, okay. WCW is supposed to be the baby person. Okay, can you hear me now? Um, it's it's still breaking up a little bit. Still breaking up. Yeah. yeah. Okay, hold on one second. Let me... All right. Okay. Is that it? Mm, maybe a little. It's still there's um. Is it background or is it just? It's it had a, a picture up just for a second and then it went black and there you are. Mm, it's still kind of it's it sounding kind of robotic still but we do like the picture you have on there yeah <laughs> This is this any better? Yes. What do you think, Dwayne? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Better. Okay. Sorry better. about that. Oh no, you're fine. Technical difficulties. Okay. <laughs> um, Happens we, to the best of us. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need we well, need to get your, your producer on this. Yeah. I, I do. I need to get Daniel on this. Yeah. Um. NWO. Okay. WCW should have been the baby faces. Mm-hmm. NWO were the invaders. And did WCW ever get a payoff? No. No, they didn't. No. Mm -mm. No. You can't have everybody join the NWO and be the heel and the babyface never get a payoff. Right. It just got out of control. So like Dusty, all those, it was by that time, uh, you know, I, at the beginning of the Monday Night Wars, 
I would tape one and watch the other and go back and forth. And I was just in love with it. But towards the end there, I was spending more time watching the attitude there and what was going on in WWF. And, mm-hmm. uh, cause he was just getting, I was just getting crazy and it was just, wasn't good television. Right. Yeah. It just, the NWO just kind of fizzled out and just kind of faded away. And then, you know, they try to bring it back and it just didn't work. But like you said, WCW never got any payoff. So it's like they just dropped the story, you know, and that was the main story for years was NWO versus WCW, but there's no payoff. So it's like, yeah, it's like, and the heels didn't win because they didn't truly take over. The baby faces didn't vanquish the heels. So you just ended up with nothing. Had had a nice stalemate. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I had to throw the chess term in there because Dwayne and I, we have a a, a chess background. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 Um, But one of the things about when the NWO, when it started ballooning up like that, it looked like people who were in a bodybuilding competition and they kept stepping in front of each other, you know, for the camera. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking this ring literally is not big enough for everybody. Yeah. Because there was just too many of them. Like, I'm, you know... And it's going to turn people off, and eventually it did turn people off. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was just, again, it was just too much. And and then, you know, you have the NWO A team and B team at first. You yeah. know, you had the, the main ones, and then you had Disco Inferno and all those that would come down and take the beating. And then, mm-hmm. you know, so it was just um, – it it was good in the beginning, but then it just, you know, it just like I said, it fizzled out, and there was no. And see, that's the whole thing. I I, I don't mind, you know. I knew MJF was going to lose the dog collar match. Yeah. You know, the fans needed a payoff for Punk, and exactly. I knew he was going to lose. But he shrugged it off. Yeah. You know, he can say. He can say, I beat Punk twice in one night, so I'm yep. really up 2-1, you know. Same thing with Jericho, and Jericho beat him at the pay-per-view, but he'd beaten him all the other times, so mm-hmm. it was yep. it was okay. And then plus he can say that the only reason Punk beat him is because Wardlow gave him the ring. And, right. you know, there's always a, – a, a real – a true heel always has an out. It's like always mm-hmm. – they always have a way out of a loss and the way they do it, like MJF looks actually, he looks stronger in defeat than he would have if he'd have, if he'd have beat punk. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. By the way, now your, your connection is like crystal clear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Thank you. Um, yep. Um, yeah. Your producer's doing a fantastic job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so kind of off the heel question necessarily, how does one become number one in Antarctica? Cause I mean, we need to know this because we're trying to expand our audience. Yeah. We're, we're trying yeah. to reach that level. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, just right now I've just found, um, just like what I've been doing. Uh, cause you know, for, I've been told uh, since I, I just do the audio platform and I'm not on YouTube and I don't do anything else. I'm not on Facebook. Um, I've read some articles and talked to some other podcasters and 
they, um, I found two articles that said this, that unless if you are one of the major podcasters, you know, mm -hmm. that the, if you have on a consistent basis, when you drop an episode within the first seven days, if you have 26 listeners, you are in 50% of all the podcasts in your category. That's all okay. it takes is 26 okay. listeners. And then I heard another one that said, because since podcasts last, you know, YouTube, you can get a clip out in five, 10 minutes. Right. But a good podcast is going to last 40 minutes an hour. Mm -hmm. And to get somebody invested in that, uh, for that long a time, uh, another article I read, or maybe somebody else was telling me, I can't remember, but they said another gauge is if the number of people that listen to your podcast on a regular basis can fill up your living room, that's a W. Okay. So, yeah. so what I've been doing is, you know, and from what my little analytics that I've been seeing, I've actually surprised at the numbers I've got, and it's just doing the thing like I've been doing, retweeting, supporting other podcasts, and they support me back. And then I look on the little data thing, and I find out I'm getting listeners uh, because, of course, besides Antarctica, which will always be my home away from home, uh, it was the U.S. and then Canada and the U.K., and they would flip-flop back and forth. Mm -hmm. Well, over the last two weeks, Italy and the Czech Republic have jumped ahead of Canada and the UK. And I really? have no clue. I don't even know. I don't even know if there's anybody from Italy or the Czech Republic on Twitter that I know, but they popped up there. And then I felt, you know, you get uh, just all these other little countries that pop up and it's like, I guess somebody's listening and liking it. And, and that's all I've been doing is, and, and that's the other thing I've not tried to get, um, too bogged down with the numbers. I mean, I'll look at them, but at the end of the day, even if nobody listens, um, I, I enjoy talking and mm -hmm. I can do it and, uh, I like it. And so I'm just going to talk about something that I have a passion for and, Hopefully people will like it and, uh, you know, we'll see. We're going to, we're going to play around with a few things, you know, like I've had the guest on and I know like you guys have had some different guests on and, mm -hmm. uh, doing this stuff. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, King Titan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you guys working with uh, independent wrestling things uh, there in your area. And, uh, that's something that I'm getting ready to start doing, um, that I'm, going to try to talk we've got a little indie promotion in our area um and i want to talk to them some and maybe get some of their wrestlers on but uh the only problem with them they have a facebook page and they show some stuff but they have a youtube channel but nobody's updated it in like a year so oh, okay. it's hard to see their matches mm -hmm. you know uh but we've got they've got a mat they've got a show tomorrow night or not tomorrow night, Saturday night that I'm thinking about going to because actually uh, Fuego del Sol is going to be there. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, 
So I think about that. Then there's another one in South Carolina um, that I went to that um, they're really neat uh, because my wife, they're just right across the, the border of South Carolina. And I, I want to go down and maybe try to get involved with them some too and talk to them and do some interviews. Um, what they do is all they do is uh, like charity stuff, like a lot of uh, high schools and different mm -hmm. things so that all their shows, a part of the proceeds are uh, going to that charity that's sponsoring the event. So, oh, okay. um, and two of the regulars down there are uh, Griff Garrison of the varsity mm -hmm. blondes. Yeah. He's a regular and the guy uh, that's uh, on dark sometimes an elevation. He used to have, I call it the dragon ball hair, the big blonde hair that stuck up. Uh, I forget his name, but he's been on dark and dark elevation some. And, uh, uh, last month, um, right after Jeff Hardy debuted, they wrestled the Hardy boys were at that show and, uh, they've got FTR coming next month. Yeah. Uh, I knew their FTR show was coming. Is that the one that Brent yeah. Hart is going to be managing them? No, that one I think is somewhere in the northeast, but this oh, okay. one's down there. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, so that that's what I'm trying to do is just reach out and be supportive. And uh, um, I'm always one of those that believe uh, if you do good for others, good things are going to happen to you. So Amen. I'm just going to try to support everybody and uh, hopefully get some listeners and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, um, whether anybody listens or not, um, you'll never know it um, because I'll be honest, I've, I've seen some, you know, people at times with their YouTube channel, um, you know, complain about subscribers or listeners. You know, I, I, I hope I never get to that because, again, it's the heel truth. Right. So no matter how good or bad I'm doing, you're going to think that I'm bigger than Chris right. Jericho, that I'm bigger right. than Jim Cornette because, <laughs> you know, that's the heel truth, you yeah. know? So. Yeah. And, and I think your support, uh, it certainly has helped us. Yes. Um, and so, I mean, we always like to give that love back uh, to yourself and there's another podcast. We also, another wrestling, well, they're, they're kind of sports, but they do focus a lot on wrestling. This, uh, TNC sports talk. Um, you know, those guys are great. So, I mean, so anytime I'm reaching, I try to mention you, I try to mention them. Um, yeah, I appreciate and, that. Yeah. Uh, because we say, look, he has a great show and, mm -hmm. you know, and I know I first saw Dwayne and I was like, you've got to go listen to this. I mean, this is, I've never heard like the analytics put quite like the way you put it. So yeah, you definitely got an original product. I mean, that's yes. for sure. And that's something that we, we, de we definitely appreciate is originality. Yes. Well, I, I really appreciate that. And then, you know, what I've been doing is wanting to return the favor. So I'll go ahead and tell you on the air that uh, here in the next few months, I'll have you on my show, you know, if, if y'all awesome. want to come Thank on. You. And oh, oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's the thing. I just enjoy this, just getting to talk about wrestling. And because, you know, my I love my wife and I think she can hear me. Uh, I love her with all my heart. <laughs> We've been married 30 years, you know, okay. been married a long time. Um, but you know, her and her family and some other people, they, they say, 
you know that wrestling's fake, right? And I'm like, it, that, that's um, not the, that's not the issue. Yeah, that's not like the thing. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, I said there's there, there's there's storytelling. There's because she gets mad because obviously, and I'm not trying to knock WWE, but I think some of their writers that they have, those 25 or 40 writers, yeah. used to work at the Hallmark Channel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because because my wife can put on a Hallmark movie and I'll come over and she gets mad because I'll watch just maybe five minutes of it. And I've already told her the story and the, and the ending, you know, <laughs> I do the same thing with my wife. We, she watches the Hallmark channel and I tell her, I'm like, you know, there's only six plots. It doesn't matter what movie it yeah. is. they cycle six plots. That's it. And yes, yes, with, like you said, within five minutes, I can tell you what's going to happen. Yep, and they all have a dog. So you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I think some of those writers, you know, and that's what I said. And I said, but now yours, I can tell you. But I said, you know, again, every now and then you get a swerve. But I said, you know, right now there's some good stories going on in in some different wrestling promotions. You yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I, I've told her that this like uh, right now, the other one I love, we were talking about heels. And I, I forgot to mention, you know, I really love what Matt Cardona is doing. Oh, yeah. You know, that. Yeah. You know, he, he showed that somebody can make a living and a good living without being in a major promotion. Yep. And he's basically keeping the WWE persona and just mm -hmm. taking it to all these places that don't like the wwe yeah and he's just amping mm -hmm. it up and it's yeah. just great and he's also like throwing it in wwe's face it's like i told you i was a main event guy if you'd have just given me the chance i could have showed you oh. because yeah. i think right now he's got seven different championships with different <laughs> promotions including yeah. the nwa world title and it's like yeah yeah, yeah, he's that got, one right there. That one right there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and yeah, I agree. Matt Cardona, his his work, especially in GCW, from what I've seen, mm -hmm. his his heel work has been phenomenal, and it's like that's what I like about AEW and New Japan and Impact and all the other companies outside the WWE bubble. Guys are allowed to go out and do that kind of work you're not they're not restricted to that confinement that people are restricted to in wwe the confinement that they're confined to yep yeah the, <laughs> the confinement yeah. of the asylum that yeah. they're in is oh yeah because it, oh, it's like like you were saying there's like 25 writers and everything's so micromanaged that nobody gets to nobody gets to show what they're really capable of doing. It's like, you're yeah. just going to be in this little box here and this is what we need you to do. And this is all we want you to do. And don't get over unless we say you can get over. And it's just, I'd rather see a guy go out and just tear up the Indies at like Matt Cardona's doing and just build himself up. And WWE, they're like, Oh, don't worry. You're losing this week. Don't worry. You'll win next week. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's, it's, 50 50-50 booking, which kills any kind of story. And, because, Ted, I think you put it best when you got to talking about, was it the, the Panthers? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I li- I love that analogy. You know, because they Yeah, I mean Yeah, I mean that's what I was saying on that episode was uh when we moved down here, right after we moved down here, the Panthers became a team and I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to pull for the Panthers and you know, they they'll have a playoff run here and there, but for the most part, when you think Carolina, you think 8 and 8 or 9 and 6 or yep. uh or nine and seven or seven and nine, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, they're okay. But because when you're eight and eight, you're not going to get a great draft pick. Nope. So you're not going to no. be able to rebuild for the next year. You know, I'd rather you go oh and 16 and then pop back up and jump from uh worst to first, but you know, yeah. staying in the middle of the pack, it's, you're not, it's no. going to be hard to get anything. Yeah. Or be like the Browns. Apparently there's news coming out now saying they tanked that season on purpose. Like, yeah, I've been reading that. Uh, not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And, hmm. Um, or, or being around here. Cause I live in, live near Cincinnati now. I mean, everybody's all about, you know, yeah. the Bengals and who day and I'm a Raiders fan. So, um, you know, Raiders been ever since they went to the Super Bowls. I mean, they've just stayed, you know, in the middle or at the bottom, they've had two years. We went to the playoffs, and they barely. They got beat by the Bengals this past season in the playoffs. Um, but a lot of fans, yeah, they they'll say, "Oh yeah, I like the Bengals," but when the Bengals aren't doing good, they're like, "Bengals who? What?" And yeah. So you get a lot of that, and I know around. Well, I knew everybody became Panthers fans the year that they went to the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, like because my dad had lived in North Carolina for the majority of his life. And so he didn't, he, he was always a Dallas fan until the Panthers all of a sudden went to the Super Bowl that first time. <laughs> now all of a sudden, everybody there is a Panthers fan. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like everybody in Hopkinsville all of a sudden became Titans fans the year they went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, but, but yeah. Um, and there was, God, there was something else. Um, well, once again, you know, I, I'm thinking dementia is creeping in on me. So, <laughs> Um, had quite sorry, it was kind of a long day at work, too. But anyway, that's all right. What did you think of? Um, I listened to okay, the uh Blackpool Combat Club, yeah, um, with the match with John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta. Personally, I thought that they told an amazing story because they've been building to this, and I thought the match was great, of course, you know. Jim Cornette hates everything that's AEW, so he does. He tore it apart on his podcast. It, but even the guy, the Brian, that's his co-host, said that he liked it. Uh, I was wondering what do you, what did you think of that match and how they went about building up Wheeler Yuta? Oh, I, I love how they have done with Wheeler Yuta because you you know that's the thing that I've really liked about AEW. You know they they talk about the pillars. You know, mm-hmm. Sammy, Darby, uh, MJF, and Jungle Boy. Yeah. But they've already got the next crop also right there. Yeah. After that, you've got Lee Moriarty. Mm-hmm. You've got Wheeler Yuta. You've got Daniel Garcia. Yeah. You've got those next group that's already there. And Wheeler, you know, he, he was just that slow burn. And mm-hmm. I love that. And – you know, they didn't do it, but uh, I know when I went to, um, let's see, we're Columbia, 
uh, I got to go to the Dynamite in Columbia a couple weeks before that. And there was even people when Wheeler was wrestling then, uh, I forgot if he wrestled on Dynamite or Rampage, but they were they were yelling at it, you know, just insanely mm-hmm. for Wheeler Utah. Yeah. And that's how you build stars like that. And I love the Moxley match because, you know, he did, again, he didn't have to win. He right. got over without going over. Exactly. And that was the great thing about it. Yeah. Cornette was saying, like, that they should have done. He's like, well, think of what would happen if they'd have done that with uh, Adam Page, you know, Hangman Adam Page or Adam Cole or a couple of other guys. None of those other guys needed that kind of rub because no. Adam Cole is already a superstar. Hangman Page had already built his story from the day AEW opened the doors. Um, those guys didn't need that rub. Wheeler Yuta was an unknown commodity that needed that kind of build. And like that match with Moxley, I was sitting there watching it saying, this is how you build a star. This is what you do. And like you said, he didn't need to win and he didn't win, but he got over and became a star because he hung in there with Moxley and took, and took a beating that some of those other guys wouldn't be able to take. Yeah, and, and just like Daniel Garcia, you know, he he comes out. He's supposed to be this great technical wrestler. Mm-hmm. He's getting in this thing with uh, Eddie Kingston, and they keep having all these matches. And then he surprises everybody and tells Jericho, you know, I'm a sports entertainer too. Yeah, and he's getting this rub. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he's going to. He you know he loses to Kingston, but he's still looking good. Now, my prediction is eventually down the road, just as when Jericho had the inner circle and Sammy was one of the first ones that sort of fell out with him there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they kicked Sammy out and then MJF. I can see down the road, Daniel Garcia turning and saying, you know what? I'm not a sports entertainer. I'm a wrestler. Yeah. And then he wrestles a match with Jericho and gets a big rub and gets an even bigger push. I and agree. things like that. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Garcia, I've watched some of his. I watched a match. It was uh, Limitless, Limitless Wrestling. It was yes. him and Lee Moriarty. Oh, Lord. That was that was so good. Though, Steve, I'll have to send you that match. Okay. Um, it was fantastic. And Daniel Garcia is already a technical marvel. And, I mean, this is a guy who broke both legs and was told he'd never mm-hmm. wrestle again and came back and has become just this amazing technical wrestler. To me, he is a perfect blend, not size-wise, but technique. It's like if you combine Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe, like that, yeah. that killer instinct with that amazing technical ability. And no, it's, I mean, I, and his nickname is Red Death, which I, yeah. Love that! I love that nickname. So, but yeah, and, he's, I, and, I agree with you. He's going to be one to watch. And then also, you think, okay, when they get the Ring of Honor, wherever it lands on TV or whatever, you had uh, Lee Moriarty wrestling Jay Lethal in the SuperCard. Yep. And he's been showing up with that, so he may be on that program some and be getting the rub with Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe and some of them. So you've just got all these young guys that are going to be in these programs 
that's what you use veterans for. You yep. use veterans in tag teams and to shine these and to make them look good. You yep. know, um, that it's a, you know, like that was the thing which I know that he is the new heel, heel flavor of the month for Vince. And I think they're going to push him, but like, what was Austin Theory's gimmick to come out and beat up a legend? Yep. And mm-hmm. take a selfie. Yep. There was no build up to it. He just beat him up and then it was 50 50 booking with him. And now he's beaten Finn Balor more times than I can count. And he's a U.S. champion. But, right. and Vince obviously is going to push him. And, and I think he's got some great heel tendencies. And I think he can be a good heel. But for a young guy, there just needs to be like when he first started out, who's like, wouldn't it when he first come up to the main roster, was it AJ or somebody or who was it? He first, I think it was Jeff Hardy. Something with, Oh yeah. Jeff Jeff Hardy. Yeah. You know, you could have used like right now with Jeff and Matt, you can tell that, you know, Matt has said on his interviews and podcasts and stuff, that he took private party under his wing and he thinks of them as his own children mm-hmm. in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, him and Matt or Matt and Jeff are going to wrestle pre- private party in these different matches, try to give them the rub and, and elevate them. And that's what I wish the WWE would do more of sometimes. Uh, Cause I'm hoping that, you know, I noticed they've been bringing a lot of the veterans down to NXT. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping maybe they can d- work something with that to do something. I don't know. I just get so confused and I, I try to watch WWE so I can talk about it, but sometimes it's hard. It just yep. is. It really mm-hmm. is. I, I tell Steve all the time, I just watch the clips on YouTube so I can keep track of what's going on. Yep. Because like Monday, Monday night raw is a chore to sit through and it's gotten to the point where SmackDown's not much better. Um, I do watch the pay-per-views, but yeah, for me right now, AEW is just the better product and I'm, not everything they do is perfect. Not, no, no. And no wrestling company is going to just be perfect from top to bottom, but they put on no. a more entertaining show consistently week to week than WWE does. And with, you know, and WWE has got seven hours of television a week and AEW's got three and they week to week than WWE does. And one of the things, and I think we've actually hit on this as uh, well as Waylon was, we always say AEW, they have, they build the stories to support the action in the ring. Whereas WWE they have kind of the stuff in the ring to support their stories that they have going on. Yeah. Yeah. The, and, the, the wrestling is just an afterthought to build their story. And you know, us, all three of us are pro wrestling fans and mm-hmm. we know that you tell the story in the ring and WWE is like, it's like they've forgotten how to just let the wrestlers go out and tell a story in the ring. It's like, well, we've got this big elaborate program we want y'all to do, but we want you to talk about it more than you just actually wrestle and tell the story that way. Yeah. It's like, hey, you guys in the revival, what, what we're going to do is, all right, I want you to stand there. Here's a razor. Here's some shaving cream. All yeah. right. Now start shaving his back. 
and we're going to have the Usos walk in. That's going to be the catalyst for the fight. Yeah, that's the whole feud yeah. is that. Well, you look at Punk and Eddie Kingston. They had one promo. They had one promo with each other on Dynamite. That's all you needed was to build that story. And then the match itself at the pay-per-view told the complete story from start to finish. Yep. So, and that's why in indie wrestling, they don't have, yeah. they don't have those kind of resources to, sh to show like these elaborate videos and everything they leave for the most part, the stories are in the ring. Yeah. You know, if, if there's any outside the ring, it means that action spilled out outside the ring and everybody's still, right. up, you try to yeah. still watch it. So, <laughs> Oh, but anyway, um, so if anybody wanted to get a hold of you, you know, your social media, cause obviously you're on Twitter. Um, yep. Yeah. Are you on Facebook, Instagram, me nope. as well? So just nope. strictly Twitter. Just Twitter. That's going to be my gimmick. Okay. I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to refuse to go to the other ones. I'm just going to <laughs> refuse it. You know, that's going to be my gimmick. Uh, yeah, I'm just right now I'm on Twitter um, at Hillbilly Hill. Um, that's where my personal stuff and all my um, um, podcast stuff, because um, you want me to tell you a secret? I'm going to tell you all a secret. All right. Um, this won't go out to anybody. Okay. This won't, nobody will hear this. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, so maybe it's a cheat code. You know, I've played a few video games in my life. My, my children, my boys have showed me. I know what a cheat code is. But I'm starting the, um, since it's just me and I don't have a host, um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start the podcast. And then I'm like, well, do I really need, a separate account for my podcast when I've already got a pretty decent following. So I'm like, nah, I'm just going to leave it all with me, you know? So, eh. so yeah, everything's at Hillbilly Hill. Um, yeah, we don't have nothing else right now. We're, um, you know, uh, my wife tells me, um, that the, all the kids are into Pinterest. So maybe one day I'll get a Pinterest page. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, that's what my wife tells me. <laughs> He's on Pinterest a lot, so must be true. Uh, but yeah, that's it. And, uh, right now, you know, Google, Spotify, uh, Apple for the podcast. And, uh, I try to release a new episode every weekend, either on Saturday or Sunday. And, uh, every now and then I'll throw in a little bonus episode during the middle of the week. Um, just something just short, like, uh, the last one I had to do an episode after, uh, FTR versus uh, the Briscoes. I had to talk about that because that was just one of the greatest tag team matches. And then FTR goes and has a great match with the Young Bucks. It's another one, and I'm yeah. like, I'm exhausted. So yeah. you know, it's <laughs> yeah. And then this coming week on Dynamite with uh, Dax versus Cash for the Owen qualifier. Yep, really. I yeah. just you know, yes. Wow. I mean, I have been. Yeah, so Dax. Uh, yeah, Dax tweeted, first time, only time." Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I mean, I've been so preoccupied lately with all sorts of just stuff. Um, I've been, I've actually been, I've missed quite a bit of action, and because everybody's talking about, you know, the Moxley match with uh, what was his name? Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta. Yeah. Everybody's talking about that, so I'm like, I need to go watch this match because apparently it's like the hottest thing since Sunburn. Oh yeah, it's it's good. It's really good. 
Oh, wow. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you're only on Twitter, but what's amazing is that being you're on social media and you're still trending number one on MySpace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that somehow I'm over on MySpace and I don't even know how that happened. And, but they're, they, they love me there for some reason, you know? Um, and I was trying to, uh, do a, um, a music video for the podcast and get it on MTV. But then they told me MTV doesn't do music videos anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, you know, I don't even think VH1 does music videos anymore. Yes. Yeah, so mm -hmm. It's like, I, you know, it's, it's music television. What, what happened? You know? Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, well, back in the day when, well, I know we'd go home and it'd be, um, Dial MTV, Hard 30, Yo MTV Raps. Yep. All three of and, them. <laughs> um, and then Headbanger Ball, I, Headbanger's Ball. On the yeah, weekend. yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Midnight at, on 12 o'clock. I had yep. to be home. <laughs> yep. Yep. I know you. I know you love. I know you love me, honey. But I gotta have you home to your mommy and daddy's by eleven thirty because I gotta watch Headbanger Ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, and you're actually you'll be the first person to hear about this. We are actually switching our hosting platform from Block Talk Radio to Spreaker. You know, that's actually uh, literally happening right now. You're you're actually going to be the first episode that I upload directly to Spreaker. You know, oh, okay. Yep. So I'm having to get the word out to everybody. Hey, you're going to have to change your subscription. I mean, it'll still, because it'll look like no episodes are uploading. No, what you're going to do is uh, unsubscribe and then uh, go do a search and then resubscribe. Um, okay. You know, so yeah, because just for a lot of reasons, you know, if one thing is cheaper, <laughs> it's, it's half the price and they have so many more options than Block Talk. Yeah, but Block Talk has been a good okay. run. You know, Block Talk's been it's been a good run, but it's just it's it is, you know, it's time to move on. Uh, yeah. uh, you know. <laughs> well, see, that's where I was I had no idea how to get into this and seemed like a bunch of the podcasts I listened to said had the little ad that said use anchor, it's free. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, okay, I'll go with anchor. And eh, so far it's been okay. So I can't complain. So, yeah. you know. I've heard a lot of good things about anchor. So um, and I've also just started a brand new podcast myself and Dwaylon also has some social media stuff he does with him and his wife, mm -hmm. you know, so we're, we're very busy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we've decided we're basically between us, we're building an empire of social media, yep. you know, yep. Oh, great. Podcasts. Great. <laughs> it's I'm, I'm happy for you. I hope that you rise up to the top because it will be such an honor and a pleasure of mine, not only to say that I knew you when you guys were just starting out, it'll be even more satisfying when my media empire takes over yours. <laughs> and, you know, it, it'll be, I appreciate right. it. You know, it means mean, something, yeah. you know, you know, we, we this, can, is, this is long-term storytelling. Exactly. You know, we're, yeah. we're setting exactly. the seed right now <laughs> for, you know, the, the, the main event. Okay. Yeah. So that's what it is. <laughs> oh but oh absolutely though we're this is not gonna be the only time you're gonna be on here oh you no know? um yeah because anytime been, anytime uh, yeah this has been real so um just let me know whenever you want to make arrangements for us to come on yours and i will you know we'll keep pushing you you keep pushing us and we're all rising absolutely. together so absolutely but, but until we can meet again god bless god bless god bless <laughs>